0: Find your spot, put it in park, here we go. What's up, everybody? Diva here alongside my co-host, Boosh. What's up, dudes? And alongside us in studio, we have our producer, Jim. How we doing? That was pretty quiet, Jim. And alongside FPP, Bryce. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Bryce, back-to-back episodes with an appearance in the studio. Yeah, got
1: to
0: keep the momentum going. Keep the momentum going. <laughs> Love to see it. Well, Bush, another successful week here for Free Parking Pod. A lot of positives coming out the uh, past couple days. First ever giveaway. We're now on Spotify. We're now on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you want to call it. Um... Things are looking awesome. Absolutely. Congratulations to Danny Breslow and Tyver Butler, our two winners. Danny won the t shirt giveaway, which was a special giveaway that we did. Uh, nobody's expecting it, which was cool. And Tyver, out in New Zealand right now, will be back this summer. And the hat is already waiting at his front door when he gets home. So, yeah, if you, if you didn't get a chance to watch the live stream uh, last night, uh, sorry, Saturday night, um, when we found out that Tyver won the. Giveaway. We it in? was two. There was two problems. One, he's in New Zealand, yeah, which is cool because he's you know following us on, on another time zone, which is sick because he's like twelve hours ahead or behind whatever you want to call it. The other thing, he picked Old Aggie beer, which is a lager that is only found on the campus of, in, of Colorado State University. So. The dude has us jumping all over the world, <laughs> let alone the country. So yeah. first off, we got to ship a hat to New Zealand. I don't even know what that costs. The hat costs I don't know thirty bucks online on the yeah. Squad Locker store, and the shipping is probably to ship what FedEx ground? I mean, it's not FedEx. It's no. You're gonna need a thousand. boat. You're gonna need a plane. You're gonna need a superhero to get to New Zealand, dude, because that is far. That's literally that's that's Singapore status where Tyler is right now. McCormick, a former listener or current listener. Like I said, we could dig a hold of the guy. Like he is on the other side of the world. So, like I said, I'm just leaving his mailbox for when he gets home. I'm I'm not shipping that internationally. No, you know me? no, I'll drive you around the corner to to your house here in South Jersey. Yeah. But either way, uh, thanks to everybody who submitted for the giveaway, and keep an eye out for future giveaways. We're gonna try to keep these. Um, you know, keep these current, keep them coming, and uh, get you guys some swag. If you didn't win a giveaway this week, or if you're you can't wait for the giveaway to come out later, check us out on our website, freeparkingpod.com. Uh, go to our squad locker link, our, our shop there on our website, and you can get all the free parking apparel you want shipped right to your door before the giveaway. So, boys, we had the final episode of Game of Thrones, episode six of season eight. Can't believe it's finally come to an and, end. And it's done, done. Like we might not ever get a sequel, a prequel, who knows because the two directors are going to Star Wars. So for the until 2026, at least no more Game of Thrones from the two best directors. Yeah, and quick disclaimer here before we get into it. Uh spoiler alert obviously, and if you haven't watched Game of Thrones already by the time this episode comes out, what, you, are, you doing? what are you doing? You haven't been you, what? C- you couldn't even look at social media for the past 72 hours. So uh, spoiler alert! Last warning, and here we go. Finale review, boys. Daenerys is dead. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Killed, dead, done, dead, dead. done. Jon banished. Uh, Direwolf back. Dragon gone. Thank God. Uh, Could come back. Bran's gonna find him. He's finally gonna do something. As his first order of king is to go find the dragon. Can he just, like, roll his eyes in the back of his head and yeah. just, like, see where that dragon is in the world? Let's fly a couple mm-hmm. ravens over the sea and go find the dragon. Like, sure, dude. Whatever. Quick quick thought. What did the dragon do with Daenerys' body? He easily just burned it. Just burned her to a crisp. Or did he keep her? He might have. He might have. His little claw came up and picked her up, and it. I was like, "Oh, that's a little uh, awkward. That's Love so you. strange. Who yeah. knew a
1: dragon could be that delicate?
0: Like. Yeah, so fragile. <laughs> Especially I mean, Drogon. He, he just burned thousands of innocent lives uh, and then he just picks her up so daintily and flies her over the sea to where? I right. I, I, I don't know. It's gotta be Valyria. Where they're from? Yeah. Where Got they're from? Yeah.
1: Where they're is that where they hatch to? No, that's not the Targaryens are from.
0: No, nah, it's like old Valyria is like old dragon stuff. Like uh, that's Valyrian steel and whatnot. Nerd. Nerd alert. Yeah. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I was shocked that, that Drogon didn't go ahead and kill Jon right then and there, which is pretty crazy because it showed that, like, tr- the dragon had, I guess, more foresight or I don't know what the word is. Like, and More intelligence yeah. than anybody there in, in the entire world of Westeros. The dragon knew that the Iron Throne was the evil that, like, led everybody to die. The power—everybody was power-hungry for that chair, um, and him burning that chair— kind of symbolized, like, the right. that, that was the end. That was who needed to die. Not the Night King, not Cersei. It was the throne. It was the that, system. Yeah, it was the system. It correct. was the system that needed to die, and we got a full-fledged explanation of that when all the lords of Westeros were sitting together. It was democracy, you know, it was like... Old stages Europe, when the anarchy or monarchies and all that stuff wasn't working, and they were like, we need to figure out another system. you want to hear my take? I think this was kind of, uh, kind of like Disney-ish by HBO. Yeah, dude. It was, it was a whole, like, hidden, hidden message, I guess, which you didn't really think was going to come out through the entire, you know, eight years of this show, but the last episode seemed very, like, at the very end, it was, you know, oh, democracy is a good thing, and people should vote for their king, like, yeah, no shit. Right. You know what I mean? I like mean, you, it was, But it was like the whole show was about, you know, a hidden idea, which our country already kind of like... I saw a lot of theories about that online, that the whole time it was going to be, you know... It was almost going to be like alluding to the United States and like all that, like undermining stuff. Yeah, like, stuff, like political like, stuff. Political yeah. stuff, which I hate that, but I didn't really get that feel entirely. Uh, Daenerys, when she was speaking to her army... Total Hitler esque relation that they did there. Yeah, that was pretty cool when Daenerys was uh, sitting on top of. What? wasn't pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Hitler asked, pretty cool? <laughs> no, it was a pretty cool, like, <laughs> juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, it was like pretty cool by the directors to uh, show uh, that. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to bring up the fact,
1: remember, she start, like she, she first walked out and the dragon wing yes. right behind her. Yes, thank you, her. Bryce.
0: That's what I thought See, you were going to bring up. Well, Nazis bad. We're an anti-Nazi <laughs> podcast. I said, so Hitler asked, asked, the following sentence was, yeah, it was pretty cool. No, no, right, not I'll what just, I meant. It was pretty cool what the directors did there when they had, thank you, Bryce, Daenerys, and Drogon in the background, like, she looked like she had the huge dragon bat wings coming out. Um, the entire scene was shaped awesome. Um, and minutes later, she was stabbed in the gut after macking it with uh, Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah, man, I really liked how they, you know, set everything up. It really was Daenerys was very Germany Nazi-esque in the sense that, you know, this is a quick history lesson for all you guys out there. But Adolf Hitler, before he became the mass awful person that he was brought a country up out of nowhere like he was you know classified as a very good ruler and then he turned to this absolute you know demon but that's pretty much Daenerys's story she liberated brought so many people to good 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 and then realized like everybody realized her vision was just out of control yeah so I mean yeah, I mean, it jumped around like, I mean, it was, like you said, basically a history lesson, right? It, it was went from, a history it went, lesson. It went from, like, monarchs, kings, queens, quickly, in the final episode, it went to a dictatorship with Daenerys, very, very similar to what we've seen, um, you in know, in, in history. In history, yeah. And then, at the very end, it switched to democracy, switched to, you know, voting for your king or being chosen by the people. Um, my take from that scene, uh, with all the lords of Westeros right there, uh... Peter Dinklage probably goes down as the best actor in this show. The best actor that Game of Thrones had to offer to the fans. Uh, Tyrion Lannister, such a complex character from beginning to end. And his final speech there, his final spiel to all the lords of Westeros, I thought that that was just beautifully crafted, executed perfectly by him. And the highlight, actually, of the finale and maybe 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 the whole whole thing. You know, another thing I picked up on that episode, other than the whole, like, Disney kind of, like, hidden meaning thing with the whole democracy piece, so much comedy. I, I, I don't know, so much, like, not cheesy, yeah. but kind of cheesy comedy, like, which we didn't, we saw throughout the entire, mm-hmm. you know, couple seasons of Game of Thrones, but heavy in the final season where, like, I wasn't breathing most of it because I was waiting to see what happened, and all of a sudden, like, that one rando stood up in the, uh, in the you know, uh, in the final scene with all the lords there and then one of the scenes with all the lords there and started to talk and they shut him down. Like, that was a cheesy uh, laugh. There was another one, too. What was the other one? It was uh, the
1: whole last meeting. The yeah. whole
0: last meeting. Yeah. It was,
1: like, sitcom-ish.
0: Yeah, si- exactly. Just- exactly. Like, you almost saw, like, the laugh it, button it was, was going like, to be It like- was so
1: obvious, It was too. so it obvious. It wasn't, like, subtle, kind of funny moments. It was just all of a sudden, you're like...
0: Yeah, like they like, ran at the left button, like never, full house in the background. Right. Like, ah, this is, this is not Game of Thrones. Like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, it can be funny. It can be light at certain points. But like like I'm saying, we're sitting at the edge of our seat and all of a sudden they pull out that bullshit. Like, that's not what we were looking for no, in this last episode. It's very uncharacteristic of HBO and Game of Thrones in that aspect mm-hmm. to throw in comedy like that. Because I can't remember other episodes where they did that. They did like every once in a while, but it was just so heavy. Maybe because I was just watching so focused and yeah. so like intentively like to every word. But... I don't know, man. I thought they were like it was forced at some times. Yeah, I for agree. sure for I the agree. finale, yeah, like, for the finale too, to
1: be that obvious.
0: So, lastly, we talked about on the previous episode uh, what was going to happen, right? We all went around and said either resolve or cliffhanger. We compared it to Sopranos, and if we was going to fade to black or we were going to have some kind of you know amends to the whole the whole thing, the whole you know the whole story of Song of Fire and Ice. And I said resolve. Bryce said resolve. Jim said... Cliffhanger. I said cliffhanger too. I, and uh, obviously we got resolve. Yeah, correct. There was resolve. There was resolve. The, 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 the three Starks went their separate... I guess two Starks and a Targaryen. But the quote-unquote children of Ned Stark went their separate ways. Sansa to rule Winterfell as the Queen of the North. Now succeed, seceding from the Seven Kingdoms. The Six Kingdoms now. Arya Stark going to find, I guess, America. What's she gonna find when she goes west? Like she's gonna <laughs> she's find sailing is west, she, it, like Yeah, Columbus. is she Columbus? Is she? She's. What's she gonna find out there? I mean, that's that's a room for a spinoff, though. That really is room for a right. spinoff. And another spinoff, lastly, is um, Jon Snow going out into um, over the wall again. Mm-hmm. The far north. I. So this is why I'm gonna stick to my guns and say. That it's a little bit of a cliffhanger in the sense that Arya, they created another story arc for Arya, going to a different land. Jon Snow is going, he was supposed to be at Castle Black, but now he's above the wall. So, what's happening there? Sansa is now ruling. I mean, she was always a good ruler, so I think you could say that story arc completed, done. There's resolve there. Bran ruling the Seven Kingdoms, though? I don't know what that's going to bring. I think the weird thing is is Bram ruling the Seven Kingdoms, and then Sansa she showed there at the end, especially when everybody went around and said "I" for Bram being the king of the Seven Kingdoms, and she comes in there at the end being petty and kind of power hungry and mm-hmm. wanting to take the North out of the equation, mm-hmm. even though they're brother and sister. Like I still am kind of uneasy about the whole situation. Like I, I'm not totally sold right. on her um, being you know the queen of the North. Um, her people like her, but. I don't know, man. She's a backstabber. And this is another thing, too. They're both so young. So when they're succeeded by the next generation, is the next generation going to like each other from the north and the other six kingdoms? Because it's going to be a a people-selected ruler. It's not going to be two north people like it was kind of just laid out to be. So, you know, yes, I agree with you. There was resolve on multiple storylines but I believe that HBO has created other cliffhangers in the sense of Aria John all of them all right. of them pretty yeah pretty I mean, much all of them. I mean kind of there could be a story yeah. for all of them yeah, yeah, we sorry. see like a Star Wars scenario in a couple of years where like it comes back right like we, we we have kids at some point and like we're showing them the first six seasons of Game of Thrones and all of a sudden like oh yeah here's seven eight and nine yeah. or something you know what I mean like right. there's other stuff to be told. Hopefully they don't keep going with the same "quote unquote" trilogy, kind of like Star Wars. Right. Hopefully they spin off and just like do like Arya going west or whatever. Like I would love to see that in like te- you know five six years to come back. But. Well, a good relation to that would be once again to HBO's Sopranos now doing the Many Saints Yes, of, uh, Many Saints of Newark. Yes, what, ten years, yeah. a little over ten years later. So it's possible that's going to happen. I think it will. It's so popular. Give it a decade. We're all going to be in our thirties and whatnot, and we're going to be you know. Wishing that we had a show as good as Game of Thrones at like when we were, when we were in our 20s, so it's yeah, gonna, I think it's going to come. Final thoughts from the group: Game of Thrones over Who do we start with? Bryce?
1: Yep. All right, I'll go first. I guess for the finale, after the last episode, watching the entire King's Landing burn down, It's kind of upsetting, but uh, I'm not upset with it, but I'm not totally ecstatic. I thought it was kind of weird how Jon Snow was heir to the throne. It looked like he stabbed the queen in the heart. He's on his way, and all of a sudden, he's just a prisoner. Doesn't even show up at the end. Banish. He's not, he, literally, just not, his opinion doesn't matter. Banish. And he's just. North of the wall. Yeah. And that vibe you got kind of looked like he was going to hang up, like he was going to hang out up there and not, yeah. not even come back to... Yeah,
0: pretty much like the one most... I mean, there's several important characters, but like the craziest right. storyline throughout the right. entire thing of him being, you know, the actual true heir to the throne and just sent out to the right. woods. and it all
1: led up to that, and he took out Danny, the only one who could do it, without, especially the dragon, not, not killing, killing him. him. He's the only person... In the entire country, Westeros, whatever it is, that Could. wouldn't get burned alive immediately.
0: True. And I think what we saw with him was Jon Snow's character being just, like, you know, true to his duty throughout the entire thing. Had to kill Daenerys. <laughs> and then when he got sent, you know, sent to uh, Castle Black again as one of the Night's Watch, did his thing. Right. And he just kind of went on, keep it on, keep it on. So, right. Jim, what do you got? Uh, I can't wait to rewatch it. <laughs> true. In like, uh, tomorrow, start episode one. Start episode one tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it was really good. Um, I think it concluded well. Um, and that's all I got for you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be perfect. Stunning. Uh, yeah, all in all, uh, it came in with a bang with Ned Stark in season one getting beheaded. Um, it was one of those shows that, like, we never thought, you know, we, we, we really don't have where... Everybody's on the chopping block, no matter what day of the week it is, no matter what episode we had, one of your favorite characters could get lost. Um, I think they kind of fell away from that as the seasons went later and later on. We saw kind of here in season six that like, yeah, Missandei got killed and a couple others, you know, Daenerys here at the end. But it wasn't as unpredictable. Um, I mean, I think Vegas Odds had Bran being, you know, the favorite to take the Iron Throne, quote unquote, the Iron Throne, ruling Westeros, which he did. Um, John killing Danny, kind of a shocker, but I, I don't know. I think they fell into the mold of like the the big Hollywood TV show where like you kind of had to please the the the, the fans, which obviously people weren't pleased. They had petitions against episode what five or four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, amazing show. It's gonna go down in history as you know one of the top. Um, you know one of those that. To move the meter a ton. Uh, I don't think it. It's one of the best HBO shows of all time. I still kind of love The Sopranos um, as my favorite HBO show of all time. But um, love the ride, and uh, I don't know. I, th- I think they ended it at the right time. I think I think it wrapped up as best as they could. So for my final rating on Game of Thrones, I believe that for as long as the show was and as good as the show was, you can't knock it for a couple episodes in the final season, the entire show. Yep. Overall, the the show was monumental in our generation, kind of shaped a lot of people who are our age because of just the quality that was brought. I don't know of a show that I've been more excited about to watch. Sopranos obviously is was an amazing show. Um, but I was able to binge that all the way first to end. Um, I would say that this show is like, if I, if I had to put a rating on it, Sopranos would be a 9.9 and Thrones is a 9.8. I, I genuinely think it's that close. It, the popularity of it, the people that they got to you know bring in. So, for example, when you watch Sopranos. That's an older crowd, tailored to an older crowd. But you bring in Game of Thrones, and it's mystical, fantasy. You get a lot of younger crowd in there, too. So, pleased many different types of people. Thrones, one of the best shows I think that was ever created. Ever. Ever.
1: Yeah. I agree. It always kept you on the edge of the seat. Yeah.
0: You didn't know what was going to happen.
1: And that's what made it great because expect the unexpected. But uh, even these last couple episodes where we had, we can nitpick it and find things to complain about, I was still literally on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Literally crawling on your floor. (laughs) The final seats. Yeah. Things like that. So it it was fun. Loved it.
0: All right, everybody, before we get to the big sports topics of the week, we have to give a quick shout-out to our boys at No Brainer Wagers. No Brainer Wagers is a group of four guys with backgrounds in data data analytics, finance, statistics, computer science, and they built this time-tested algorithm that has compiled stats from every sports sector for the past 10 years. These guys have been 66%... Accurate over the course of 10 years, and we've been crushing it recently with the sports bets from No Brainer Wagers. We've been on it for, what, a couple weeks now, Bush? Deeves, we are up really big with No Brainer Wagers sports betting handicapping service over these last couple weeks. They're easily accessible via Instagram, at No Brainer Wagers. Send them a direct message and tell them free parking sent you, or you can email them, info, at NoBrainerWagers.com. It's an extremely affordable membership, and compared to other services, it truly is a no-brainer. So, Dees, we had a round of sports these last couple days. We had NBA, NHL blowouts. We had, I'm sorry, Brooks Kepka winning another major. No big deal. Yeah. I mean, dude, these guys and these teams now are just becoming so dominant. You look at, I'm sorry, I'm not a big uh, NHL guy, so talk about the uh, Bruins, man, because that was brutal. Yeah, the Bruins, it's, it's pretty crazy how the NHL playoffs has worked out this year, especially in the Eastern Conference with the New York Islanders sweeping the Pittsburgh Penguins. Then the Carolina Hurricanes sweeping the New York Islanders. And lastly, what we saw this week was the Boston Bruins sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Eastern Conference done like that. Um, The Bruins are now sitting at home waiting for their Western Conference opponent, whether it be the Blues or the Sharks. Um, And, man, they're a good team. They got some vets on their team. Zdeno Chara... Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, who have been there before and have won Cups before in Boston. But they have a great young crowd. Um, Pasternak, McAvoy, DeBrusque, some young Flyers that um, are, are really making a name for themselves. And I don't know if one of these teams from the West can keep up with them when they meet them in the finals, what, maybe 10 days from now? This West, this Western Conference Series could go seven, and I think it will. Yeah. Right, and we
1: talked about it last weekend, how... Uh the Carolina Hurricanes, the first two games they went through, it seemed to be hitting a brick wall, and everyone in the Bruins is just stepping up, and they went back to Carolina and still got swept at home and four nothing sweep. That's the end of it right there. I think the
0: biggest thing I saw from the East, or the biggest like takeaway from the Eastern Conference series, is now I'm pissed because there isn't hockey on every single night. Thanks Bruins, thanks for ruining it again. Yeah. Boston always seems to ruin sports for pretty much everybody, and of course they couldn't just do the gentleman sweep. Five, or four games to one, they couldn't take it five games, they couldn't take it six, and now we have to wait every other night for this Western Conference final series. Everybody was calling the Hurricanes, the Knuckleheads, the... What, jerks. The a bunch jerks, of jerks. A bunch of jerks. F*** the Bruins, dude. They just ruined us for, like, a couple, what, a week or two of no hockey? Or now I'm sitting at home twiddling my thumbs watching, I mean, basketball is great, but, like, I love flipping back and forth between basketball and hockey this time of year. So, thanks, Bruins, and good luck in the... No. I no. hope you lose. I hope you lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no good luck. Actually, break a leg, seriously. Yeah, not to put my own tires here, but if you saw on our Instagram a couple days ago, I posted a screenshot of the four finalists in the National Hockey League. And in October, I placed four future bets mm-hmm. on NHL champions mm-hmm. the Boston Bruins, the San Jose Sharks, the St. Louis Blues. And the Philadelphia Flyers. I picked two Eastern Conference, two Western Conference. I went with two Dark Horses being the Flyers and the Blues, and two Front Runners being the Sharks and the Bruins. And here we are, three of my four picks are now in the money. I mean, I I am walking away with cash here because the Bruins, Sharks, and Blues are the three remaining teams. See you later, Hurricanes. Pretty fired up. Yeah, that's actually pretty impressive, to be honest with you. You also had that pretty good Super Bowl future, too, with the Rams. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I picked the Rams uh, back in August of last year to be in the Super Bowl. And of course, uh, you know, things didn't work out for me there, but I don't know. Do me a favor, place a future bet on the lottery so we can hit that too. Like just pick like four or five numbers or something so we can get like one of the finalists. For a second sitting in this chair, I just kind of pictured myself as brand like brand the three-eyed raven just like picturing the super bowl like who's going to be. <laughs> so I crossed for a second there but just picturing who's going to win the next championship. I'm pretty cool. I mean, uh, <coughs> yo, it's time
1: to place future bets. I'm going to go cross-eyed real
0: quick. <laughs> Roll my eyes to the back of my head. Yeah, Deavs, that's actually pretty impressive, man. Um, you know, you look at also the NBA side of things with uh, big sports topics, and tonight was a double overtime playoff game between the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks. That was, uh, you know, pretty thrilling. Yeah, I didn't watch it too closely because I was still, um, you know, getting ready for Game of Thrones. I was kind of getting in the mode. Um, but all of a sudden, Giannis fouls out, and I think that was – it right that That was was it it. that was it for the bucks that was so this is what I wanted to talk about and this is something that I mentioned in the last podcast I actually received a couple texts from a few of our listeners saying that I was crazy for thinking that the Raptors were going to beat the Bucks in this series one thing and I quote from me what I said (laughs) a couple episodes ago was if Giannis or Kawhi Leonard goes down who's supporting cast will win the game and the Toronto Raptors proved me right tonight Yeah, but it wasn't their supporting cast; it was still Kawhi. Well, okay, touche, but but (laughs) Ah, Ah, Kawhi was still Ah, in Kawhi. I saw your point is wrong
1: because he was still in, and it was still a double overtime game. It was just Kawhi
0: versus (laughs) a bunch of schmucks. I saw for one of the first times a, a man jump from basically the foul line and left hand slam over two dudes. Did you you saw that right? You lost it. You missed that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Kawhi. Yeah, that oh, thought, He's, thought, he's thought, always I...
1: throwing those claws out there. He, he's really.
0: A he's honestly becoming my mo- the most hated player for me in the NBA. Not just because they beat the Sixers. I think that's really why you think that. To be honest. no, it's yeah. not. It's not. It's the how he carries himself off the court. No, dude, the whole quiet BS. He has no emotion. No emotion. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> dude, there's what? a way. There's a way to be like the right, <laughs> calm, cool, collected, Mike Trout type of guy. He's just doing it because he's a weirdo. No, I completely disagree. I think Kawhi Kawhi is a total weirdo, and he's my most hated player in the NBA. You're out of your mind. Because he shows no emotion. You're out of your mind, dude. Kawhi is not only is he one of the best players in the NBA, he carries himself perfectly. Perfectly. Perfectly? Perfectly, like yeah. bitching himself out of San Antonio, not wanting to be there on a storied franchise that had players like no, Tim Duncan no. and all those other guys. Popovich is known to not be the nicest coach in the world, and he those personalities did not mix. Kawhi, calm, cool, collected, filthy at basketball. Popovich, not calm, cool, collected, G- and known to kind of be an asshole. Ginobili, Tony Parker, and Tim Duncan got, on with it, got along with him fine for 20 years. They're not calm, cool, collected players. They all have emotion in their play. Yeah. Out. They do. Get f- out. You tell me Tim Duncan doesn't have emotion in his play, dude. Tim Duncan's one of the most respectable guys in the NBA, dude. He shows so much emotion when he plays. He's retired, so played when he played, he did. <laughs> yeah, when he slammed on somebody's face, like you, you get fired up. What, Kawhi's a freak. He just he left hand dunked. From the foul line tonight, and walked away like he just checked out a Wawa and got a coffee like it was a normal Tuesday. How can you not respect the modesty? I I'm, I am surprised that you hate that. It's, it's not it's, it's the not NBA like is it's not. Is the that league
1: too where everyone's a big mouth, everyone's showboating, and that's why it's weird as hell. What do you feel about Russell oh, World, Russell uh,
0: Westbrook then? How do you feel about him? The complete opposite of Kawhi Leonard. Just, just as good, we're complete we're opposite. Yeah, I'm not saying I like that. I don't like that either. So you, you prefer the happy medium kind of guy in the NBA. Happy medium, dude. Let's get fired up when you do something good. Let's get pissed off when something goes wrong. Dude. But when everything happens like a roller coaster and you just stay straight-faced, weird, laughing, like, dude, what a weirdo. No, dude. Yeah, that's just that's so. He's a total weirdo. And I'm not just saying this to make a hot take. No, you. Dude, I almost think you are saying it to make a hot take. No, I'm... why Leonard is. Kobe Bryant-esque, minus the scandal, minus he doesn't have any off-court problems. He is the textbook guy I would want on any NBA team I've ever had. He's filthy, and he doesn't do anything crazy. Pushed himself out of San Antonio. He's going to push himself out of Toronto or you know, walk away from Toronto. He doesn't give a – I don't know what the guy gets off on. I don't know what – I don't know. That was I my do- question. Why did Kawhi actually sit out that season? Remember, like before he got traded, because was was it actually coach player? Was it contract? It was coach player. It was really thousand percent coach player. Every every sports media outlet that I saw said Popovich and Kawhi did not get along. Personality differences, because Kawhi was calm, cool, collected, and a good player. Yeah, well, he's getting along great with the Raptors coach because the dude looks like an accountant that hates his life. <laughs> the guy has that, that is guy true. is that also is a true. total weirdo too. I don't even know his name, but that guy also <laughs> uh, is, is pretty bland. If I'd say so myself. All right, wait here. I got a question for you. Give me your, give me your favorite team all star. Your all star team that you would want to coach. My all star NBA team. Your all star coming team. from a non NBA guy. Who would you pick then? I just want to know who you like. Gosh, off league. the top of my head, five guys that I'd pick um, Joel Embiid, Giannis. Okay, Joel Embiid right off the bat. Jo- no, j- let me send my five. Okay, right, Joel you. Embiid, Giannis, Damian Lillard. Hold on. You know who you're thinking of right now? You're thinking of Kawhi f-ing Leonard. That's, no, who of. Yep. That's who you're thinking of. I'd take LBJ before Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> you take LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard. I think I would, too. I think I would have them both on the same team. All right, my top five, if I I could construct a roster right now, like no cap, no nothing, just, like, pick them out off of teams. Yeah. My top five, I start in Philly. I go Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Giannis, Tacumpo, Damian Lillard, and Steph Curry. Those are my five. I don't know if they work together. I don't know if they're all in a similar position. Those are are my five guys that in my limited time of watching the NBA – are guys that I want on my side when shit gets ugly. They're guys that I want on my team when we're in the Eastern Conference Finals going up against um, a powerhouse in game seven. Those are my guys who I want to go to war with um, because I can read their emotion. They're not a you're, robot. You're crazy. Because you just you, you go from somebody who's like no emotion and a disgusting player to guys who are good players, but you know, oh, oh, they're just good players. They're, oh, they're decent. They're, they're great players. They're you look at Embiid. Embiid played like shit in the in the, the Raptors playoffs, but, and it shows. But, and it shows. Right, he cried after the after the game after the series is over. I understand that, but in game three of the playoffs, he made like a dunk or something yeah. and started flying An airplane his airplane. Went, and yeah, because court. the guy, the guy, when he plays well, they're vibing together. When he plays well. He shows it, dude, and the whole city comes behind it. Kawhi Leonard, if he played for the Sixers and he went up for a left-handed dunk from the foul line and walked away totally straight-faced, wouldn't the city just be like, yeah? Uh, oh, no, uh, Philly would be like, ooh, that's our." And boy. the dude wouldn't even smile. He wouldn't even it, recognize the crowd. The fact that you wouldn't put Kawhi Leonard, who has been related to Kobe Bryant by almost every single top-tier sports analyst, is just mind-boggling to me. He's a freak. He's a freak. Call him a freak all you want. Do you deny that he's top three best players? Do not in the playoffs deny that right he's now? top three players in the playoffs right now. Do not deny that he's top three players in the league right now. I'm just saying that that guy's a weirdo, and I, I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want him on my team. Bryce, what do you See, think about this?
1: Uh, I think Deaver just needs some understanding because I forget where I saw this, but Kawhi was struck by tragedy when he was in high school. Okay, his dad was shot and okay. killed. 24 hours later, he played his heart out in a basketball game. I think he lost that game. Literally died in his mother's... His father died, but he fell into his mother's arms crying. And I saw where, like, people were saying, he just hasn't been the same. He just doesn't
0: show emotion. Now, that's off the court. He's had an issue. He's coped with it by just becoming disgusting at basketball. How do you not respect that? He's got to show some form of emotion, man. Like... I get it, I get it, I love the character guys, and that's why I picked those five, because even though they have their, you know, they show their emotion, positive or negative, they're, they're character guys that you want on your squad. He's a character guy, but it's it's not, like, character, as in, like, I, I don't think he would go and do charity. I don't know what he does. I, I I think he just goes, I don't know, he goes home and just, like, stares at a wall, dude. Like, I don't know what he does. Like, he Mike does Trout, Mike Trout, trout we're switching sports here, but I think Mike Trout's a character guy who, like, is also a good dude. Like, I don't know who Kawhi is. I don't know who he is at all. And NBA is the probably the most marketed sport in the world right now. I, I, I don't know who this guy is, other than a freak athlete, amazing at basketball. But when it comes to, like, I don't know if the Raptors won tonight. Here's, I don't know if the Raptors won tonight. If you show me an interview of Kawhi postgame, I don't know if they won. Here's a question for you. If Kawhi was a Joel Embiid kind of player, would you like him? Yeah. Same type of thing. Like, skill position player, when when things are going great, Jimmy Butler's in the mojo with the team, you know, high fiving, coaching his boys. When they're not going well, he's also that like coach, respectable guy, like you know, older player, t- telling Joel Embiid to shoot the threes, things like that. Where like, I don't know if like they even know Kawhi's like, well, I guess it's Leonard, but like they don't even they don't know anything about him. He just showed up in Toronto because he got traded there. He's going to leave in a couple weeks. When they lose to the Bucks, he's going to leave. Yeah. And I don't think any of those players would have had a dinner with the guy. I don't know him, but that's my take. It's definitely an interesting take. Uh, I didn't realize how against the character of a player, I didn't realize how much that sways you. Because to me, I love you know I love the guys who are... Never, I'm not saying that I don't like the guys who are like showy and stuff. Russell Westbrook and James Harden are way too much for me. But Embiid, LeBron... Um, and just a couple of Steph, like, they're they're a good mix. They're teetering towards the further end of being, you know, too flashy, but they're not ridiculous. And I think Kawhi is the other end of the spectrum, like, mm-hmm. totally, totally the other end of the spectrum, like, yeah. way too far, like, way too far, to a point where it's weird. I'm not saying it's a bad, like, it's an amazing thing to be a character guy, but it, I don't know if it's character. It's just freakish at this point. I don't I don't see it that way, but... I, I understand your point. Yeah, I see I'll, what you're saying.
1: I'll always stand for the humble players. I no matter agree. the sport likewise, me
0: too. Likewise, but I'm saying that he's getting so, quote unquote, humble. I don't even know if it's being humble, it's just being odd. But it's
1: like that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm saying.
0: No, I think he, I don't know. Oh, Do you he, hear him laugh? Yes. It's he knows strange. That there's tens of hundreds of cameras on. Like. No, it's strange. It's just uh, man in I don't know. I think that Kawhi regardless the humbleness makes him that great. Could you imagine being compared to Kobe Bryant and staying that humble? That's a just in that in itself is a feat. Dude, what I'm saying is I don't think it's it's being humble or not being a character guy or not. I think the guy is just just strange. I I, I don't know how else to put it. So, on the lighter side of things, we wanted to head over to the golf course and give a shout out to Brooks Kepka, who has won his fourth major out of six major starts. That is really impressive. He's a long hitter. He just does everything right. He's another one of those guys who's quiet. Um, he's another one of those guys who's modest, but you know he showed up on a couple big media outlets and was just having fun, which I respect. So good for him. I think this guy has a long road ahead of him. A lot of success on the horizon already. You know, back-to-back U.S. Open champs, bunch of majors under his belt. I think we're gonna see Brooks Koepka in the limelight for a long time. Um, I, I don't see a, a sign of shop, stopping kind of like we did with Spieth and the other guys um, you know the the younger crew McElroy Spieth. like I think book Kepka could keep this tear going do you think Kepka is too old to win as many majors as Tiger and Nicholas I mean those records are, Pretty much, they're once in a lifetime. But four majors and six major starts—that's crazy. I don't think it's—I don't think it's insane. It's almost like talking about the Ovechkin race uh, against Gretzky's goal or points numbers, right? Ovechkin has a shot. He has to play until he's like forty-five and score thirty goals a season here on out. But there is a shot for Kepka if he keeps winning a major a year at this pace. At this pace, a major a year, he plays for ten more years, and you're right up there with the yeah. top five golfers of all time um so like i said i think it's not out of the question and once you know tiger kind of uh, walks off into the into the sunset this is this is probably going to be the guy that we're going to be tuning into every week to watch him just absolutely dominate course record at beth page black are you kidding me that's pretty impressive so big congratulations to brooks kapka uh we're all big fans of him here i believe right you don't consider him a villain do you jim absolutely not yeah so brooks is uh brooks is a hero in our opinion uh we like the guy so congratulations all right, everybody. We have officially entered the second half of the podcast. The last two segments, the fun ones, right? These, the fun ones. They're all fun. Yeah, they're, they're all, all fun. They're all fun. They're all fun. But we actually posted on our Twitter account the beer review poll, and we had, I believe, Alagash from Bryce, which we did a beer review during the week um, about. Go check that out on Instagram. And we had what else did we have? We had Keystone from Dever. We had me with a. Yingling Gold and Jimbo won the poll with Golden Monkey. So we have that in studio right now. Let me just uh, take a look at the bottle here. This is a Victory Brewing beer, Belgian-style Trippel. That is not how you spell Trippel. That is not how you spell Trippel with added spice. So this is a beer that, uh, you know, sheesh, I've heard some stories about this guy. Check the ABV on that. Yeah, give me the give me the, give ABV, the ABV on that, on that, one. On that please. Shoot. Oh, my Yeah, uh-huh. This yeah. is insanity. Yeah, this is a beer like – I don't think you can drink more than three of these and, no. re- and remember your name. All right, so to our listeners, you know, typical uh, format here. We have a dark bottle with a purple and yellow gold kind of just like supernova kind of look. And on the alcohol by volume, we have a 9.5% oh, beer. God. This is ins- – for 12 at fluid ounces, we have n- – Nine point five percent beer with uh, it's considered an ale with added spice, and it's got the brewmaster's approval signature on the on the bottle here. So, I think we just kind of let it rip and Let's see what. Cross we Cross our here. fingers so and here we go. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that hurts. Wow, I haven't had one in a few years, but. That's actually not that bad, dude. You're actually right. It's It's good. Not that bad. You're actually right. Slammable. (sighs) Oh, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) Oh, the phone. You wouldn't be telling that the next time. All right. Wow. I'm actually... I'm I'm taken back a little bit because Mm -hmm. this was not what I remember it tasting like. Victory Brewing has shown up with the golden monkey 9.5 i'm gonna Damn. hate my score man i'm gonna hate my score and the reason is because like i don't want to like this i don't want to like it either i don't want to like I it do. i mean if we ended up drinking like the entire pa- the rest of the pack like tonight we probably wouldn't the next day no but this goes down very easy the spice kind of reminds me of like a winter flavored beer yeah. like you know something with like kind of like i don't know the evergreeny type like pine fall. to it this is a fall beer this okay, okay, break. let's just say it's cold out when you're drinking it. Yeah. Um Refreshing. Somehow refreshing. It's just the face I'm making right now is like, what are you doing? Why are you saying you like this? But I, it's actually pretty good, dude. Like like it's gonna be up there for me. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. This is a this is a seven. Don't you do it? This is a 7.5. Oh wow. This is a this is a Impressive beer. This is an impressive, this is my, this is my second highest rating after Yang This is wow, wow, I'm taking back big time. Drink three more of these, you want to be able to say 7.5 for real, 9.5 <laughs> percent, and it tastes like above average good. It, what do you think? Give it a rating. I'm gonna go with here, uh, gosh, I, I'm, I'm reading it. I gotta be non-biased. I just gotta be I right rate by the taste of the beer, right? Taste the beer. Taste the beer. No, you gotta go everything into consideration. The fact is 9.5% and it tastes pretty good. Everything into consideration, I'm gonna go with a 6.4. Wow. Not what I was expecting you to say. Decent beer. Good beer. I I, I can't drink it, that's the problem. You can't go somewhere. Stay at home, watch the basketball game, and drink it. I, I, I don't... But you can. But you, you can. can. <laughs> but you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But, but you, can. Can. you can. It went down great. That's why it's over a five. It, the drinkability factor as far as like being able to bring this to family gatherings, the beach, the golf, like just to make it a universal beer... I don't have it there. Maybe it's just my it's just my you know taste buds. But so this is one thing that I feel like we should definitely cue our listeners in on the, the our rating scale and just kind of tell them like what it is. Because in my opinion, anywhere from a one to three is stay away or try, risk you know tread at your own pace, whatever you want to call it. Anywhere from like a four to a six is okay. Like a four is closer to that e, but a six is closer to that, yeah sure. And then a 7 to a 10 is why haven't you bought it yet? Why isn't it – why aren't you drinking it while you're listening to the podcast? Like for me to put a 7.5 on a 9.5% beer is – you won't find that often I don't think. I don't think I'll ever – I don't think I'll ever have a beer 9.5% again that's going to be above a 7.5. Yeah, when you're going through the rainy scale like – on my end, the one through three is if somebody offers you this at a party, you say, I'm good. I'll just stick with the water. Yeah. If sure. the four through six, if somebody offers you that somewhere, like, you're going to take it. You're, oh, yeah, thanks, man. But you're, you're not going to enjoy it. Right, right. And right. then the seven through ten is, like, you walk into the store and you have $10 left in your pocket, pocket and what six-pack do you buy? And yeah. that's the seven through ten, yeah, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah, um, you have to get it. Yeah. Like I said, I can drink this. I won't be drinking it. Bryce, Jim, what do you got? Man,
1: I'm here for it because this beer is about to be my highest rating. Wow. Oh. I one right now, okay? And uh, so far I've only had two, two? I think. <laughs> 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 but I love both of them, and they both end in the seventh, so that's pretty high, you know. you got to try these beers. And, I mean, I would mostly go on taste, but when you combine the taste of this, and the surprisingly smoothness of it for the 9.5% mm-hmm. plus the fact that it's 9.5%. So <laughs> after like three or four, you know, you feel pretty you're done. damn good. Yeah, you're done. I'm giving it an 8.1. Oh. Whoa! Whoa! Oh. This, this is a beer. You can grab a oh six-pack of it. Wow. And you're good for the party, man. You're good for the night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you're, you're, good the you're good for the
0: pre-game. Right. You're good for the pre-pre-game, pre-game, game, post-game, post-post-game. Six-pack is your only golden monkey. The man. problem is the morning after. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The problem is the morning after. I'll find True. out. <laughs> let, let us know. I'll let you know tomorrow morning. Report back. <laughs> Jim, what do you got? Um, Bryce pretty uh, cleared it up pretty well there. Uh, haven't had it in a while, so tasting it really uh, refreshed my memory. And, uh, well. Do you have memories for it? I was going to say, probably not. But uh, I'm going to go with the 7-2 here. 7-2? I, uh, okay. I picked it because, you know, haven't had it in a while. and wanted to try it, and I'm glad I did. I, uh. See myself grabbing another six pack here soon. Yeah, that's good. And congrats to Jimbo too for winning that Twitter poll. I was a little salty. I came in second, eh, but uh, maybe next time. Uh, my cl- my second wasn't even a close second. Like the fans wanted to hear Golden Monkey. So good, sh- uh, good shit out of you there. And uh, that concludes our episode 11 Whoa. beer review. All right, everybody. So we're back for the Sid segment. Shit you don't say. We have a good one for you. It came from our sports analyst FPP Mead. So he's in Wawa doing his typical morning routine. He's got his coffee, he's got his sizzly, and he's got, you know, maybe a Twinkie. Nah, he doesn't do that. Coffee, sizzly, whatever. He walks outside of the Wawa, and there is a, unfortunately, there's a homeless person out there. And the homeless person, without Mead saying a word to the guy, looks up to Mead and goes, Nah, I'm good. I don't want that. And Mead goes, Excuse me? And the guy's like, I'm good. I don't want that. And Mead's like, I wasn't planning on giving it to you anyway. Like, like what do you mean? And then he got in his car and left. But then we recapped it when he got, like, whatever, when we were talking about it. And he's like, dude, like, what homeless guy just assumes they're going to get something? Like, that's a little weird. Like, you don't say that. You don't say it. You don't go up to some guy you've never met walking out of Wawa and hit him with a, nah, I'm good. I don't want that. Thanks, though. Appreciate it. <laughs>
1: Like, what did he think he was getting? Was Mead holding something? or was He, he had the coffee and the sizzling. And he thought he was just walking out for him.
0: Yeah, like, 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 like hey, man, here you go. Just <laughs> like, him, go. Street,
1: <laughs> straight arms, like, hey you go, buddy. Yeah, no, that was not what <laughs> Mead's intentions were. He was just were. going back to his car. I mean, <laughs> and
0: in all fairness, like, I, how do you assume that? How do you also, just, if you're down your luck, like... I would take that any day of the week. I would take that in my current position, yeah. like I, like regardless of if me was gonna give it to you or not. Like, oh, oh coffee and a sizzly sounds amazing right yeah. now. I don't know who would reject that at all. You're sitting outside of a Wawa. Ninety five percent of the people are gonna be walking out with the coffee and a sizzly. So yeah. if you don't, you don't want those two things. I don't know what you're doing there. Imagine yeah. imagine the guy goes to me, he's like, oh man, thank you so much for getting me this, I appreciate it. <laughs> and then Mead's the asshole because he's like, I didn't get it for you. <laughs> that would have worked out better in his case right. if he said, hey man, thank you so much for getting this for me." But instead he goes, nah, I'm good, thanks, I appreciate it. Wow. I almost would be like, implied to like, Give the guy the sandwich after Bruce, that. That's like, what i going to Like, no, it's dude, crazy. Was it dude? reverse psychology? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. no, dude. Here's the sizzle. You're gonna, you're gonna enjoy this. Like, here's wow. this big bag and cheese. I wonder if that's what he was trying to pull. Maybe he's above all. Like, was he wow. a Jedi? Wow. wow. Was he a Jedi? <laughs> yeah, it was a Jedi mind trick.
1: Wow. <laughs> oh wow. My don't underestimate. You got my mind my working downside.
0: now, jeez, dude. So yeah, that that concludes the "shit you don't say" segment for this week. I. Honestly, this is a pretty good one. I, I This might be my favorite one. Who assumes that, dude? I don't know. It's just almost, like, stunning. It's like kind of like a do- jaw-dropping, like, you don't, you expect, like, you know, people asking, but, like, to reject without even, like, <laughs> the first thing you know, he says is rejection? The chances of him getting it were just immediately reduced when he said, nah, man, I'm good, thanks. Like, on top of him, me not already giving it to him, he was already denying something. Like, I just don't get it. It, he must have had a motive. There had to have been a motive to him telling a random stranger that he didn't want his food that the stranger wasn't going to give to him anyway. Like. Honestly, it's kind of that social awkwardness that like, Kawhi Leonard has. <laughs> All right. We're That's done. We're done That's here.
1: That's a good
0: point. I agree. <laughs> That's something Kawhi would say. All right, everybody. Thank you so Board much. Not set. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> thank you so. All right. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to episode eleven. Episode twelve, right around the corner. Game of Thrones. Uh-huh, uh-huh, All right, <laughs> we get it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That actually sounds was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys for listening to episode eleven. We will catch you next week for episode twelve. Keep your eyes out for another giveaway coming soon. And I'm Kawhi Leonard. Thanks for listening to this episode, or no thanks, or whatever. I'm just gonna go. Just gonna go walk away now.